0: welcome you this morning to the Lord's house. We want to begin our worship with Psalm 118b, and let's stand please as we worship the Lord today. That is not the tune that I was expecting on this one. Can you give us another common meter tune? That would be better. Let's do the A tune. That would be a bit better for us. Play that through again on the opening chord, and then we'll sing this first verse once more. This is the day that the Lord hath made. The hours are all God's own. may be seated. It is good to commence the house of the Lord in our time of worship, and we share the sentiment that Isaac Watts brought out from this psalm, that the entire day of the Lord belongs to Him. It is not our day in one sense, it is most definitely the Lord's day, and we have come to worship Him, and we want to give all the hours of the day unto Him. For our worship, for our time of personal edification, that we will strengthen our spirits and encourage each other in the things of Christ. And we want to be mindful on the Lord's day not to, well, degenerate into our own ways, our own things, our own pleasures. Let's determine that we will worship the Lord on His day with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength Let's bow now before him, please, in prayer. Father, we rejoice this morning that we are found again in the place of prayer, in this house of praise, time where we can gather, Lord, to worship the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Father, we are thankful for the Sabbath day, for the Lord's day, for the blessing of this privilege given to us that we might set aside time. We might come together and join with those of like precious faith and lift our hearts and our voices and our minds to our God in praise and worship. And Lord, we ask that the entire day would be given to Your gracious and kind purposes. Lord, refresh us. We know that the time set aside is for spiritual encouragement and for the edification of every believer. We're thankful for the boys and girls in the Sunday school this morning and the teachers that brought them the word for the young adult class and the adult Bible classes. We think of the work in Cedar Brook this morning. And Father, we're mindful of other congregations within our orbit that are faithfully preaching the Word of God and meeting for worship in this time zone and those who are meeting or have already met in their own time places. Lord, we lift our hearts and our thanksgiving. And we pray that salvation will come, Lord, that those who have heard the Word will respond by the Spirit of God and lay hold upon Christ, their only Redeemer. And that, Father, each of us who name the name of Christ will know the joy and the peace and the strength of persevering in grace and going forward in the center of the will of our God. Lord, keep us, we pray, from drifting away. Keep us from backsliding in any degree. Help us, we pray, to follow hard after our God, and that, Lord, we will accomplish the purpose that You have set for us in our life, that we will not be distracted or led down by path meadow. We will not be stumbling and falling over the temptations of the evil one. Let us know the strength of the Holy Spirit in the inner man, Help us to follow, Lord, hard after the Scripture and to rest upon the promises of the Word of Truth. Lord, all these promises have been given to us and they are secured in Christ. And we rejoice today for all we have been given. Remember, Lord, this day those who are not well and not able to be in the place of worship here, Many who are troubled with sickness and some concern, bless them where they are. And those that have come to the place of worship and yet still have great need of a physical touch upon them, Lord, bless them indeed. And bless us all in the spiritual needs that we have. Lord, defeat the devil in our lives. Defeat every purpose he has to hinder and stop the work of God here. Lord, keep your hand upon our school. We pray for Whitfield. We ask that you would bless this ministry and bless every student and every teacher and parent. And Lord, may our ministry continue to be a light in a very dark time. And Lord, we ask that our outreach from this congregation and from the wider reaches of our churches in our fellowship, that, Lord, we would make a difference in our generation, in our time. Remember others who are also faithfully proclaiming the Word of Christ. Bless them, we pray, and help us to stay close to the Scripture. Help us, O God, not to drift away in any form of compromise, or a betrayal of the truth. Lord, we want to be faithful to Your Word in these days. And help us, therefore, to maintain the cause of Christ and to preach the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus. Father, we do remember the works of our missionaries. We pray for them today. We especially remember this morning the work in Korea Remember Brother Song Ki Lee and his wife and family and their congregation. Remember, Lord, we pray, the works that are going on in many parts of the world that we know nothing about. And yet, Lord, they are the work of Christ. And so bless them abundantly. Remember the persecuted church today. Remember those believers that are in harm's way. We pray for the Christians and believers in Gaza and Israel today. Oh, God, protect them, bless them, and help them to be a light and a witness in a very dark and difficult time. And there are other believers that are suffering persecution, whether it's in India or Nepal or Myanmar. Lord, all of these places and many others, may there be a standard raised very high for the honor of King Jesus. We pray for our own nation. We ask for our leaders. We pray for their salvation. We pray, O God, for their restraint from doing evil things, and that you would turn back the agenda of those that are opposed to the word of truth and are opposed to all things that are decent and moral and upright, and that, Lord, you would bless us with God-fearing leaders in our day. Turn back the tide of evil. Lord, we want to be much in prayer for our nation and for our province and city. Help us, Lord, in these very dark days to raise up a standard and a light in our time. So hear our prayers now today. Continue, Lord, with us. Pour out your Spirit upon us. We ask these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's continue, please, in our praise, a hymn number 12. And we will stand again as we sing a good song of worship. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Standing to sing. was good singing today, and you are entering in with the joyful sound and song of the Lord in our worship. It is good to praise Him with all of our being. We're going to read this morning in Proverbs chapter 11, our congregational reading, Proverbs chapter 11. Reading from verse 1 to verse 20. A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of the unjust men perisheth. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. When the wicked perish, there is shouting, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A tale-bearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, but he that hateth suretyship is sure. And that simply means that those that uh, turn away from being surety or being a guardian or someone who is going to support uh, a, someone they do not know financially, some other way, It's better to turn from that. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are His delight. We pray the Lord will bless His Word to our hearts as we have read today as He always promises He will do. It's good to see you today in the Lord's house. We want to welcome you all. You're here in person, and if you're visiting our service online today, I want you to know you're very, very welcome. We're happy that you're here. Let me say a word of sincere thanks to the congregation, to all of you who have been remembering us in prayer. During our mission trip over to South Korea, we had a very blessed time. Your prayers were answered in very many specific ways. We knew the strength of the Lord and the help of God, the preservation and travel, and much good fellowship with the Lord's people who were there. And I want to say a word of personal thanks to Reverend Kim and his dear wife Hannah, for their faithfulness and uh, their good translation work, and I could not have been there or done that without them, so it was much appreciated, and I'm very, very thankful for that. It's rather warm in the church today, and the temperature is hot. Some of you will think that's good and cozy, and you're happy about that. Others who might think it's a bit too warm. It could be a bit of a sleepy time for you when you get nice and cozy here in the church, and up in this area up here, it's probably about five degrees warmer than it is down there where you are. Probably about another five degrees up higher. So anyways, I have good reason to be sleepy right now. For at the moment, it's about uh, 1.30 in the morning. And so uh, we're awake, but just barely. So if I sleep, I have an excuse. If you sleep, well, maybe the heat's a bit of an excuse. We we'll hope you'll be able to stay awake through the service. We're happy that you're here today. And uh, great to see Isabel and Ted. Uh, maybe you were here last Lord's Day when I wasn't, but it's good to see you folks today. We've been praying much for you, Isabel, and you, Ted, as well. And so we're happy that you are both here. Remember, please, our services today. We have a session and board prayer time at 4.30—4.50, sorry, this afternoon, 4.50— Amen, please remember that. And then our evening time of prayer before the service will be at 5:50, and then our evening service at 6:30. There will also be a fellowship time after our service tonight, so everyone, please remember that. we're looking forward to it. Then on Tuesday night will be the Ladies' Bible study that's online on Zoom only at 7 pm. And all ladies are welcome to be a part of that Bible study. And then Wednesday, our Bible study and prayer time at 7.30, and I want to bring you a a report of our mission trip in Korea, so we're looking forward to that. Our session and board decided on the Christmas card appeal this year that we do every year, and it will be for the Pregnancy Care Center. We want to show our support and concern for that ministry. So that's the devoted target and cause for the appeal this year. And uh, next Lord's Day, there will be the card in the foyer, and you'll be able to sign that uh, card and then put a donation toward that important ministry. Let's not forget also the appeal that we have set before you for our new church and school bus that we need, and uh, not forgetting also the support of our ministerial uh, students at the same time. Mentioned to you about the Jamaica mission trip that's going to be coming up on August the 10th to the 17th. That's one week in August this coming year and in in 2024. And if you're interested, please speak to me as soon as possible so we can put your name down. And others who put your name down for our international congress that's happening in july lord willing well there's still open area for others who would like to join the initial ones we wanted to get your names down there just to shoot be sure if we could see this program going ahead and it looks like it is going to be progressing so we're very happy about that and we trust the lord will go in front of us for all those details lots of other exciting things happening as we come to our Christmas Lord's Day. And I know it's only a month away. We're looking forward to an international dinner. That will be on Christmas Lord's Day, December the 24th, and more details will follow. But next Lord's Day, there will be a sign-up sheet on the back for all who will be attending that special uh, dinner. And it's for all the folks who come for our morning service. And if you would like to invite other family members to come along for that special service. They'd be very welcome. We just need to know how many will be there. So that sheet will be out there next Lord's Day. Those are all the ministry announcements we have at the time. We're going to sing number 375. 375. And we'll stand, please, again as we sing. (laughs) Please turn to Psalm 149. I'm going to have to readjust my way of speaking because the last little while it has been through an interpreter, and if you have ever been involved in a situation like that, it's a little bit different. You say one phrase… And then the interpreter has to say that phrase, and it's a little bit uh, broken up, but we trust the Lord will help us as we come to minister the Word of God today. A word of thanks to the men who were helping in the case of my absence, and we appreciate their ministry in the Word here. want to just say uh, one comment regarding our session and board uh, prayer times that we hold The once a month we have been doing these, and the purpose behind them, well, certainly it's always a good thing for the elders and the deacons to get together in prayer. The last three years, at least, we have been earnestly seeking the Lord for the future of our ministry. We are asking the Lord to bring along an associate minister to our congregation, That has been our burden, and to help us in the work here and also to think about the future of our Whitfield Christian Schools, the administration. We need to have God's direction and leadership for every step that we take, and therefore we are very intentionally going forward by prayer, seeking for His direction. We want to know the mind of Christ in these matters. And therefore, we encourage you to join us in prayer, seeking for the Lord's mind. We want to know His purpose in all of these things. So that's very, very encouraging. Let us pray on to that matter. It's good to see Joseph with us here this morning, because I had a good opportunity of visiting with his mother and father, along with the Kims, when we were over in the South Korea. And I bring him greetings to you, Joseph, from your folks, and also uh, to the entire congregation. That was a blessing for us to see them. And also, some of you will remember Go, uh, the man who was with us. Couldn't believe it. It's been 20 years ago since Kayun Ko was here with us in the congregation. He stayed with us. And we had good fellowship with uh, Go, as he, we know him endearingly in this congregation, and uh, we had a good day with him. And he was also at the services. And then some of you also will remember some of the former students that we have also had a fellowship with over the years. So those were encouraging things as well. Psalm 149. Praise. Ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. You bow, please, with me in prayer. Father, we give thanks now for this time we have the Scripture open and we have read again. We are asking, Father, for the help of the Spirit of God to direct us in understanding and to give us, we pray, the clear and decisive, the direct application by the Holy Spirit to our hearts. We ask, dear God, that we will be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus, that we will know the joy and peace of our God daily in our hearts, moment by moment, Father, as we commune with you. We ask that we will be growing each day in the grace of the Lord Jesus. So, Father, help us to be thankful, to rejoice, to be filled with praises from our hearts. Let not the devil cast us aside in any way, but help us, we pray, to walk in the center of Your perfect will. So, Father, hear our prayer now, and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to think with you on the opening phrase of verse 4, Psalm 149. It says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. Now, we know there are many things that bring us a measure of delight or pleasure, happiness, Contentment. Maybe it is the smell of a freshly baked apple pie loaded with whipped cream after your favorite meal. Maybe it's the feeling of the wheels of the plane touching down after a rather long flight. Perhaps it's relaxing with a cup of coffee or tea in a comfy chair after a good night's rest. The pleasure that is brought to us by the sounds of children playing, children laughing. Or maybe it's the welcome words of the dentist after you've been about an hour in the chair, and he says, we're all done now, you can rinse. And that's not an unpleasant to know either. But of all these things and many others we could cite as things that bring us joy or contentment or delight or pleasure, and there are many of them in this world amidst all the other sorrows and distractions, those things are temporal, and they will fade away. And when we think about the greater reason for our delight and pleasure and that is that we have peace with God today, that we have the joy of Christ in our hearts, that we know that our sins have been forgiven. These things are for us not just temporal or timely. They are for eternity. And in that sense, can we say there is anything that would bring us greater delight or pleasure? I wonder, friend, if you're here today or watching online, do you sense and know that deep pleasure of God within your heart? Do you have joy and contentment and peace knowing that your sins have been forgiven, and you will be with God in heaven forever? If you do not know Christ, you cannot have that peace. If you do not have a living relationship with the Lord Jesus, you cannot know that contentment. And all these experiences that we have cited, we seldom think that God also takes pleasure in things. Of course, God takes pleasure in His creation because He made all things out of nothing. But we are told that God takes delight in His people in a peculiar or a special way. And it's very difficult for us to comprehend that we're told very clearly in Psalm 149 and the fourth verse that the Lord, Jehovah, He takes pleasure in His people. We would never and should never tire of reading these words and of hearing them because they will bring comfort to a burdened heart. They will give joy and peace to those who might be persecuted or in some trial. They will gladden the heart of the cast down and the troubled. God takes pleasure in you today as His child the question comes, why would God take pleasure in me? Maybe you've asked yourself that question, Christian. Why would God find pleasure in me? Of all the created beings that He could delight in, it seems to us that we would be the last on the list. We would be the bottom of the barrel. Why would God take delight in me? And Christian, we ask that question because if we're honest, we know our own hearts. And we know our own failures. And we know how we disappoint the Lord. And we know that we cannot live up to the high standard that God is in His character and being and holy nature when He says to us, Be ye holy, for I am holy, and we sometimes scratch our heads and we wonder, Lord, how can that be? How can You possibly find delight in us? And that's what I want us to think about this morning for the time we have. The reasons why God would take pleasure and delight in us. And the first thought is this God takes pleasure in our salvation from sin. Pleasure in our salvation from sin. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. These are mountain top verses that the Apostle Paul speaks to the believers in the church at Ephesus. But it wasn't just for them, we know that. These verses have been written by the Spirit of God, inspired by the Spirit, and they are given to us to think on, to meditate over, to dissect them, to preach on them, to bring the doctrine out of them. Verse 4, according as He, God hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And we would do well to read on and to think deeply upon all of these verses in Ephesians chapter 1. God is pleased with our salvation from sin. And when we think about how God is pleased and the steps that were taken in order for that pleasure to be fulfilled, we come to the great wonder of Isaiah 53 and the words we are told that it pleased the Lord to bruise Christ, His only begotten Son. How could it please God to bring His wrath upon His Son? And the only answer to that question is we find the greater picture of the pleasure of God in the salvation of His people from our sin. That's the wonder of sovereign grace. This, my dear brothers and sisters, is the wonder of our salvation. That the God of creation, the God of eternity, the God of our redemption is pleased to see that you are saved from your sin. Have you thought on this truth today? We will never be separated from our God in hell. God sent His only begotten Son into the world, and it pleased Him to send Him. It pleased the Father to bruise Him. It pleased the Father to see His Son welcomed back into His presence again. And all this is contained in the pleasure that God has that we are saved from our sin. And believer, when we we consider our salvation, it was not an accident. It was not a second thought. God did not wonder what He was going to do after Adam and Eve had sinned against Him, and all humanity was hurled into the depravity and deprivation of death through sin, And God was wondering, what am I going to do now? We enter into the eternal decree of God that He knew in eternity what He was going to do in the salvation of my soul from my sin. God knew what He was going to do in Christ's suffering on my account. Yes, God knew that Adam and Eve would fall in their sin. For our God is omnipotent and omniscient. He is all-knowing every detail. There is nothing that happens in this world that catches the Lord by surprise. There is nothing in this world that is going on that He does not know intimately about. That's very hard for us sometimes to comprehend. And the ungodly, those who deny that they believe in any kind of a God. They could not accept a loving God. For if He was a loving God, how could He tolerate or allow to take place all of the hurt and disaster and wars and abuses that are going on today? From an ungodly perspective, they, they cannot know and they will not know until they come to submit themselves to the God of eternity. The Lord today, friend, He is pleased that you have been saved from your sin. He takes pleasure in your salvation. He takes pleasure in your redemption. He takes great pleasure that you have been justified and you are now declared to be righteous in His sight. And God was pleased to take the righteousness of Christ Jesus His Son and impute that and apply that to your account and to me. And so that we can say, we are saved by grace and we will never be lost. We will never be cast off. Today, we have salvation the full and the free gift that has come to us. Have you considered, believer this morning, yet how great your salvation is? What we have been saved from and what we are saved to, the Lord has given to us so, so much. And I believe in light of that, should we not stop and consider and weigh up with praise and worship continually of thanksgiving for so great salvation? Did not Jonah say that salvation is of the Lord? He acknowledged that clearly. And of course, that was not just the deliverance of Jonah from the whale's belly. For the time he declared that great truth, he was still in the whale's belly. But he declared it because he knew it not only from temporal deliverance, he knew it from spiritual victory and deliverance as well. Jonah knew that he belonged to the Lord. Jonah knew that God was his salvation. And the Lord takes delight in the saving of His people. Friend, if you're without Christ this morning here, the offer of salvation is open freely to you. The free offer of the Gospel is that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I say to you this morning, reach out to the Savior, whether you have been in church for a long time or you've been in church for a short time whether you've heard the Gospel message a thousand or maybe only once, I pray that this Word would come with power to your heart and that you would receive Christ Jesus as your own. Because in so doing, you will find then that God takes great delight in your soul's salvation from sin. But the Lord is also taking pleasure in our similarity to Christ Jesus. The Lord has saved us so that we might reflect the image of His Son. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, whom He did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. To be conformed to the image of His Son. And this is the step of our being made like the Lord, and God takes pleasure in our similarity to Christ. If the Lord has created us out of nothing, and He has redeemed us by His grace, and we're saved today, the Lord has not simply saved us in order that we might get a ticket of escape from hell and be brought into heaven. The Lord has saved us for a purpose, because He wants us to bear the holy image of His Son, he wants us to be like the Lord Jesus. This is the reason that God has brought us into faith, into life, into the hope of eternity. That we would be perfect in holiness, in love, in grace, and in truth. Yes, he wants us to be like his son. That's why he has told us to be holy as he is holy. That's why the Old Testament high priest bore upon his mitre holiness unto the Lord. That's why we are admonished over and over again to turn from sin unto righteousness. That's why the The life of a Christian and the testimony is such an important thing for us. And it's not something we should ever take for granted. We should never behave or take this matter as something light or inconsequential. No, it is something that we need to be very concerned about because as we see our developing Christian life more and more reflecting what? Is it reflecting the world? Or is it reflecting our Lord? Is it reflecting our own self-ambitions? Or is it reflecting the purity and the holiness of our God? Is it reflecting the promises and the purposes that God has made known to us in His Word? Are we living our lives according to the promises and the admonitions of Holy Scripture? We are called to follow Him. John tells us that if we name the name of Christ, if we declare and call ourselves by His name, then we are to be like Him. We are to speak as if we belong to Him. But so often, isn't it the case where Our words can say one thing, and maybe our behavior says something else. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be with a Christian. We are not to speak with a forked tongue. We're not to have a a double purpose. What we say is to be who we are and what we do. And we want to be transparently honest in our behavior, in our character, in our testimony, because people will very quickly see through us. They will observe as what we present ourselves to be as Christians, but how we actually live out our life from Monday to Saturday. How is it that we are behaving toward our family or our neighbors or our church family? Brothers and sisters, it's so important that we take this matter seriously because if God takes pleasure in our similarity to Christ, then we want to see that facilitated and growing every single day. Well, we are called to grow in grace, aren't we? What does that mean? It means that we are being changed day by day, and the change is becoming less like our old self and more and more like our Lord Jesus. And we desire this from the inner man. David said in the Psalms, I delight in the law of God after the inner man. I delight in the things of truth. That was the righteous, the spirit man in David declaring that. And that's exactly what you say in your heart today, if you're truly born again. You want to follow the Lord. You want to reflect the beauty of Christ. But our flesh holds us back. We find so many limitations. There are struggles. And I have some good news and bad news for you. The good news is that the Spirit of God is at work in us. And He is conforming us to Christ. The bad news is that this is going to be a struggle that will continue until the day of our death. And the older that we get to following the Lord by Spirit, the more difficult it seems to be. But we will press on and we will persevere and we will keep going because we are with a mind and eye upon the goal and the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ah, believer, do you see your deficiency today? Do you say, Preacher, if you only knew the struggles that I was going through in my life, I'm a failure. I'm not able to do this. The mountain is too high. The road is too hard. I have stumbled and fallen many, many times. And if that's the testimony, if that's the word you're saying in your heart just now, you think, I'm defeated, I cannot do this, my dear friend, join the club. Because there are many, I would say, every believer faces the same challenges and trials. We feel our unworthiness. We sense our failures. And yet the devil wants us to be there and to wallow in them. He wants us to think a lot about our deficiencies and our failures. But as McShane said wisely, for every one look we take on the inside to our deficiency, let us take ten looks out to Christ because there we will see our perfection. And there we will see our goal, and there we will know the joy of fellowship and walking with Him each day. So how is it that we are going to see the similarity of Christ progressing in us? We're going to see it, friends, as we trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The adult Bible class was singing that to start out with downstairs this morning. Trust and obey. Simple words, aren't they? But the more that we have the Spirit in us of not fighting or struggling against the Scripture, but honestly bringing ourselves, submitting to it, and saying, Lord, I am weak but You are strong. Lord, I have the promises of Scripture and I want to rest on them. I want to stand firmly on them. I want, Lord, to see the promotion of the Word of God actively working out in my life. That's what I want to see. And I pray, Lord, that You will accomplish this in my life because it is the will of God that we are conformed his image, that we are made like him. And because of that, we know that we will have the victory. Struggles will be there. Defeats, it seems, come. We will stumble and fall. But we will persevere to the end, because the perseverance of the saints, the completion of our task, God has sovereignly purposed. Let us therefore live each day in the light of God's purpose, and let us embrace that with all our hearts. The third thought is this. The Lord is pleased with our sacrifice of praise and of prayer. Turn, please, over to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33. Jeremiah 33, and verse 11. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride... The voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for His mercy endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the return to return the captivity of the land. What is Jeremiah speaking about here? Well, Judah had been in captivity, and they were given a promise that they would return after 70 years. And here there is the voice of joy, and the voice of praise, the voice of thanksgiving and of worship. And he is saying that they will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Now, think and remember this, that in captivity in Babylon, they were separated from the temple. The temple had been destroyed, actually, and the altar. And yet God is saying to His people, I will bring you back to your city. The temple will be rebuilt. The city will be rebuilt, which took place under Ezra and Nehemiah. And the reestablishment of the sacrifices will take place. And so people will come with the sacrifice of their praises unto God again. It will be in the practical sacrifice of their animals, but it would be in the heart of the praise of their souls giving thanks to God. The sacrifice of their worship. And if you were to turn over, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, we have this verse, Hebrews, chapter 13, and verse 14. For here, the apostle says, have we no continuing city that is on earth, but we seek one To come. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And this is the heart of what is brought out by the apostle in the New Testament. It is the heart of what Jeremiah was speaking about, about the people of God, For it does not matter whether you were a follower of God in the Old Testament or you are a follower of Christ in the New Testament, for all are one of the church of Christ. All are one of the body of the people of God. And the praise that we give to God is not the praise of something that we manufacture or do with our hands. Because all of the Old Testament sacrifices were by type and shadow looking forward to the sacrifice of Christ. Looking forward to the fulfillment of that which our Messiah came to do. But the very essence of praise, the essence of worship, it has always been in the hearts of God's people. It is giving unto God that which He deserves and that which He is pleased in. Because when from our hearts we offer unto God the sacrifice of our praise, it is pleasing to Him. A sacrifice will cost us something. A sacrifice will, as it did for the Old Testament believers, it costs them money. They had to give sheep, lambs from the flock. And that was their offering, their money. They gave that to the Lord, and willingly so. And we talk about the sacrifice of our praise in giving of our tithes and our offerings unto God, which is something that every single believer should do in some way or another, to whatever amount you are able to do, and as you give unto the Lord, you are giving the sacrifice of your praise. You are giving unto God's work and His purpose. It will also cost us, when we think about the sacrifice of our praise, in our singing, in our gathering for worship. Sometimes we can come into the house of God, into the place of worship, in a very kind of careless way manner, sort of a lazy manner. Oh, I'm thankful to hear you singing with your heart unto God. That is such a blessed thing. And the more we contemplate the God with whom we have to do and the Lord before whom we are coming, we're not just gathering for a social club. My, you can do that any other place. But this is different. We are gathering as God's people in the presence of the Holy God for the purpose of worship. And as we offer from our souls worship unto our God, let's not do this carelessly. Let's not do this with a lazy mind. Let us come prepared in our hearts to worship the Lord. Let us come to sing, in tune or out of tune, with a loud voice, with a quiet voice, but to sing with our hearts unto Him. Because as we do, God is pleased with the sacrifice of our worship. He is pleased with the sacrifice of our praying. You think, well, What does prayer cost me? Well, if you have been a Christian for any amount of time and you have battled through and against the flesh in your prayer life, you will know what a sacrifice that is. It will be a cost of your time. It will be a cost of your energy. It will be a discipline that we come to seek the Lord with all our hearts. Praying is not an easy thing to do. Getting before God, we will face the attack of hell. We will face the obstacles of distractions and things put in front of us. But friends, as we see our God being worthy of our intercession as we see what God has promised us, as we seek Him, we will have the desire we request of the Lord. We have deeds that are great. We come to worship Him. And we worship Him in our praying, in our worship. But we worship Him when we pray by the supplications that we desire of Him, because that is the essence of worship, our dependence upon God. We, we are asking Him for things we have need of because we don't have the resources ourselves. We can't do it. and God is pleased And when we are dependent on Him. The sacrifice of our praise coming before Him when we think about this too, believer, coming to worship the Lord by our praises, by being under the preaching of the Word of God, by reading the Scriptures and memorizing its truth, we want that our worship will be acceptable unto God. And how will we find out if our worship and our praise is acceptable unto God. Well, it's not going to be by measuring it to the world's standard. That's not the way. The only way that we're going to find if our worship is acceptable unto God is by bringing our investigation to the Scripture and finding out what it is that the Lord requires of us in our worship and how then we will be able to offer that back to Him again. And so, we want to be sure that our worship is biblically centered. It is centered upon the doctrines of Scripture. Our worship is centered upon Christ Himself. Our worship is going to be centered on the holiness of God and the reverence that we are to have for His holy name. It's good for us to evaluate these things carefully in our minds and to be prepared to look again and see if there are any areas of our worship that need to be adjusted, that need to be turned away from, that need to be thought over so that we will follow the Lord, follow His Word, Follow the way in which our worship is acceptable unto Him and pleasing unto Him. For we want, not that God will say, well, I've got to put up with that. No, we want the Lord to say, yes, I delight in hearing the singing, the praying, the interceding of my people of this congregation before our Lord and our God. Ah, the Lord is also pleased in the service that we offer to Him. Well, isn't that true that a life for the believer is to be a life of service? You've heard it said many times, we're saved to serve Him. Well, that's what we're all about. If we're being conformed to His image, we want our life to be a life of service. And that means that in whatever occupation... In whatever place that God puts you, you are to serve Him there. It may be in an environment that is sometimes difficult where there are ungodly people all around you in the workplace. And you wonder, how can I serve God here? Ah, but you, by your very holy witness, by your testimony, it is there that you are able to serve God and be a light in a dark place. We are called to serve Him, whether it is in a full-time capacity as far as ministry is concerned or missionaries, some other capacity. Let our service for Him not be, as the hymn writer wrote, barren and dry. And he said, barren and dry it will remain until we are blessed with the power from on high and the sound of abundance of rain. Let that be our joy and our purpose. One final thought. God is pleased with our satisfaction in Him. Yes, the Lord wants us to be joyful in Him. He wants us to be satisfied, not with temporal things, although He has given them to us richly to enjoy, but He wants every one of His children to find our ultimate delight, our ultimate satisfaction in Him. And if we find our satisfaction in Christ, And if we are resting there in that place, then we will know contentment, joy, peace, and happiness. We'll find fulfillment when we are completely and fully satisfied in Him. God takes delight in that believer, He joys over you with singing. Yes, God sings over you. He sings over you as a a father, a mother would sing over their little ones. He delights in us. Let us therefore delight in Him. Both now in our earthly journey, because it's but an indication of what it will be like in glory forever with Him. And while all what I'm saying to you this morning is true, we can still wonder, don't we, why why God would love us and delight in us. And when we come to answer that question, it's nothing to do with anything in us, ourselves. But it's the more that He sees the reflection of of Christ in our lives. And the more He delights in us, we pray that as God thinks on us and He sees the Lord being developed in our lives, the image of His Son, as the Father delights in His Son, Christ, so He delights in all His children. And so, as we conclude this morning, knowing that God takes pleasure in us through Christ, what will that do for us? Well, think of these four points. Let this empower us to live victoriously in the face of every obstacle. Let us calculate and weigh up this truth in our minds. And let it strengthen our hearts and empower us. Number two, let us reflect that pleasure to others by a consistent, faithful testimony. Uh, Don't let the mirror of our life be blotted with other things that are of the world, ugly things. Let us pray that our testimony will be clean and clear Third, let us be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives. For when we grieve Him, we fall away to some degree. And we backslide a little. And we need to keep short accounts with our God. So when we have grieved or disappointed the Lord, and you know how it is in your life, I know how it is in my life, when those things occur, let us, let us come back to the Lord quickly and let us put those things right and pray that our minds and our hearts will be cleansed. And fourth, let this truth motivate us to serve Him with whatever time we have left in this earth. It may be years, maybe only months, For some, maybe it's only days. Whatever time we have left, let us serve the Lord with all of our being. Friend, if you're not saved here today, if you're online listening, you're not saved, then I say to you, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Come to Him. He will save you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will give you a home in heaven for time and for all eternity. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, I pray that this morning as your word has been opened to us, what a precious verse of Scripture What a great truth, Father, it is. And how we stand in great amazement that you would take pleasure in these sinful beings. And yet, Lord, we have been redeemed. We have been saved. And Lord, we're looking forward to the day when we will be with Christ forever and forever. The transaction, Lord, has been completed, and we know this. Let us, therefore, live in the light of that truth every day. So, Father, hear our prayer. Save souls today, we pray, and carry us on in the work that we are called to do, that we will honor King Jesus. We ask these things today, in Jesus' holy and precious name. And we pray, Lord, that you would part us now in your fear, with your great blessing. Bring us back to the place of prayer and praise tonight. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen.